you know, to have someone, you know, standing at a counter at an airport starving, like beside themselves because they don't know what to order doesn't work, right? We need to give them real life solutions and give up this like fear of food conversation, but also really guide them to make choices that do result in elevated health and vitality. Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte geriatric physical therapist, weight loss coach, and passionate disease prevention expert. I used to struggle with emotional eating, sugar cravings, and consistency. Then I learned how to lose the mental and physical weight once and for all with a low insulin lifestyle. Each week on the Reshape Your Health podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and today we have Dr. Jessie Haymeyer. She's a chiropractor and a nutrition specialist, and we are going to talk about the all or nothing weight loss mindset. I'm really excited for this conversation. It's a long time overdue. Uh, She did give me permission to call her Jessie. Jessie, thank you so much for joining us today. And can you start us with your credentials and your background Um, and why you kind of pivoted from, um, maybe not pivoted, but why you really appreciate functional medicine in your chiropractic and your nutrition practice. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here, Morgan. It's a pleasure to be with you and your audience. And uh, yeah, a little bit more about my credentials. As you mentioned, I have my doctorate in chiropractic medicine. I am an IFM certified practitioner, which which stands for Institute of Functional Medicine. I also have my master's of science in nutrition and functional medicine um, LDN, which is like the graduate level equivalent of an RD. And, uh, you know, I could give you more letters, but most importantly, uh, I am really just like you, a wholehearted stand that people have the health and vitality they say they need in order to author the life they intend to live. Yeah. When I got your podcast pitch, I was really impressed with the topics that you proposed because I'm like, oh, like this is exactly the conversation that we need to have because, Most people come to Zivli having tried so many different things and they really are stuck in the diet mentality. And if, if you think about it, it's like, what did Weight Watchers do? Like, I have so many people who have stories of like being shamed by Weight Watchers of like, they didn't lose weight or they didn't get their little thing. And it's like, it was all about the weight. And I'm like, that's like the least important part here. Um, And I'm, I'm just really excited to have an open conversation about what can people do to get over this all or nothing mindset. So let's kind of start with what, what's your opinion on it? Where does it come from? How do we deal with it? Yes. Well, so let's just start with that question. Where does it come from? Right. The all or nothing mindset. And, and I think everybody knows intuitively what we're talking about when we say the all or nothing mindset, it's the whole 30. It's the, um, you know, the, the, you know, January through February, you know, complete abstention from every drop of alcohol, if that's not your norm, right? Um, It's all those things that typically uh, people engage in with a a real sense of um, self-control, self-aggression, and it's such rigidity that on the other side of it, they find themselves sitting on the couch uh, with, you know, a bottle of wine, uh, 99% gone and an empty box of pizza, right? Like that, the all or nothing sort of world, right? So you don't, you know, your listeners, like no one out there needs to trust us that it doesn't work, right? Just look at your own experience, right? Did it ever work for you? The all or nothing approach? No, no. And it doesn't work because it is born of self-aggression. So what does work is stepping into a journey and it really is a journey and it's a journey of discovery of mastering your middle ground and mastering your middle ground is born of love, you know, love of yourself, love of this life, love of others. And, and that's really, you know, it, it just, as you mentioned, right. The whole weight watchers mentality, 
um, that's really what this is about. This is this. Okay, great. People want to look their best and so they can be their best, but more than anything, they really want to feel their best. Right. And, and so that journey of self-love and mastering your middle ground, that's what, that's what really, uh, is, is the gold. Yeah. I think another good way to describe it too, is you're going to find all sorts of programs out there. And I think anything that expects you to change to their program is considered a diet in my opinion. And it's considered like a short-term fix. And we really want to have that lifestyle change versus I'm like you said, like the whole 30 is such a good example of like, I'm just going to give everything up for 30 days. Well, then what you haven't learned how to fuel your body and how to live your life in a way that really supports your emotional and mental and physical health. So I think just being in the weight loss space kind of opens you up to criticism of preconceived notions about what is Zivli. And it's like, it literally means to live a low insulin and inflammation lifestyle. Mm. That's all it means, you know? And so I think that I, I could just tell that we're going to be very aligned on this. Um, so what do you, what do you think is kind of the starting point for mastering the middle ground? And what are some really important skills that people can develop? And that is the important thing. It's a skill that you can develop to master the middle ground. So there's no magic pill for this. <laughs> this is practice. So what do you recommend people start with? Yes. So the starting point is doing a little bit of time traveling. And I'll actually invite your listeners to engage in this exercise right now as we have this conversation. And the time traveling exercise I invite you to do is, so you're going to time travel five years from now. So five years from now, I'm 50, new decade, yay. Um, but whatever, wherever you are right now, you'll time travel five years from now and you'll stand in a five-year future where your health and vitality is as you intend it occur, right? So if you think about this five-year future and you're moving about the world and you're getting dressed in the morning and you're engaging with the people in your life, you know, what is it like to be you? You know, actually pen to paper mm. in first person, present tense, right? My body is resilient. It's strong. It's flexible. Whatever's true for you, right? Writing that story and also writing what makes it available, right? What is, what becomes available? What opens up for you? when this area of your life is handled. And that's, you know, having people get very clear on their experience, what their experience would be like with this handled, uh, the what and the why, what is the experience and why is this so important? That's, that's where I start with everyone. Yep. Us too. And I think that's so beautiful. And I think sometimes different ways of saying things can be helpful. So like other prompts that we give people are, um, how does your life change when these goals are reached? Mm -hmm. How do the lives of your loved ones change when these goals are reached? What concerns go away? What medications go away? You don't have like four sizes of clothes in your closet anymore. Like, so the more granular and the more specific that you can be, I love the pen to paper. We know that in order to change our, our thinking, we need to engage our senses. And so writing it out is so helpful, uh, for full disclosure. I love putting myself outside my comfort zone, um, on the regular. And so I just did this this week. I'm giving up coffee for one week. I think long-term, maybe I really want to, but I am not there yet, but I wrote out last night in my journal. I'm like every, all, all of my thoughts about giving up coffee. And I was just like, this is, how is this such a big deal to me? But I like doing that because it helps me empathize better with people who are just at the beginning of maybe reducing sugar intake or reducing that nightly glass of wine, um, or who are considering starting something. It's that pre-contemplation and contemplation phase where people often jump into the what and the how, like, well, how am I going to do it? And what am I going to do to get there? And you're exactly right that if we can pause and focus on the why we want to get there, the what and the how will come. 
But if you're not anchored down by a strong why, the old habits are going to win like every time. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are kind of the next step? Like maybe when they have their why solidified as to why is it important that I really commit to this health journey? Then how do we master the middle ground? Because inevitably old behaviors and old thoughts are going to be coming up. So what do you do then? Yeah. Well, so there are a few different things I'd say to that. Like in the context of the work that I do with people when I'm working with them one-on-one, I get a lot of information, right? I want to understand what is going on physiologically that might be moving their body into uh, storage mode and therefore a barrier to, you know, metabolic optimization. So, you know, gathering information and also educating them on what it means, right? I I really see so much of our work being educating people, right? Mm -hmm. People want to feel great. They want to look great. They want to have this area of their life handled. And, you know, for so many people, they find themselves beating their head against the wall, right? There's so much misinformation out there and they're swimming in this whole sea of all or nothing options. And they know, they know somewhere deep inside of themselves that there are better ways, right? So when they come to you, when they come to me, it's, you know, okay, great. Yay. Now, now what's the journey, right? So I I definitely, after we have the why we start to look at the information and the information specifically for them and their body. And then beyond that with taking new actions, um, you know, just as you were pointing to earlier, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. It's okay. Let's get into a conversation called what's your next step. Don't worry about you know, Jane's next step or Bill's next step, what's your next step? Um, You know, and and instead of a step, sometimes I I talk about it like crossing the monkey bars, right? You know how long your arms are. I don't. You know how risk averse or not you are. I don't, right? So let's be in a conversation where you can take a meaningful action. In other words, it will over time be a positive improvement just one monkey bar at a time. Um, and so it's, oh, I'm sure you have this experience too. It's always um, fun when I work with someone and, and they're so enthusiastic They and they've been swimming in the all or nothing mentality. So they just like, you know, want to do it all at once. And it's, you know, actually inviting them to tap the brakes and just step into one next step. Um, I think on many levels ends up being such a relief for them and ultimately is really just so much more effective, right? If you think about uh, anything, any one of us has mastered it, 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 like you said, it, it takes time. It takes time, consistency, you know, and perseverance, perseverance. Mm-hmm. it really does. And like, we call those action items and I'm, I, it's really fun to, I didn't know your like philosophy on things, but it's, Uh, very much in line with ours. So we talk about monthly rocks, which are like the big goals and then weekly action items and never more than one to three, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, if you're focusing on more than one to three things for your health, that's probably going to feel overwhelming because it can be a full-time job, you know, and chances are people have other roles in their life. And in order for it to be a sustainable lifestyle change, it has to be sustainable from the start. You have to lose weight, how you're going to live the rest of your life. And I think that that's a huge, like quote unquote diet, um, falsehood, you know, that there's this weight loss phase and then there's, there's this weight maintenance phase. And it's like, well, don't you want to maintain the weight that you're losing? Like you're always in maintenance. Um, so I don't know. I think that I have a different perspective on that. And, um, that kind of leads me into, a question that we had talked about before we started recording, which is like, if you could give someone like one to two tools, just like here, have these to help Mm -hmm. them lose weight, what would they be? I'm really curious as to what your answer is. So the first tool I would give someone is the tool of being kind and honest, kind and honest. So mostly in this area, people choose one or the other, right? And oftentimes how it shows up is they see being kind to themselves as not looking at the scale or maybe having the level of awareness of what they're doing or not that they might have, right? So that's 
how they be kind. And that's understandable because in the past, when they've been honest, it's been like, okay, time to pull off the whipping post and just beat myself up. And that just is, I mean, it's again, I'm going to use the term self-aggression. I don't want anyone to have that experience. So, you know, bringing these two together, being kind and honest, that is probably the most powerful tool I'd give anyone. (laughs) Um, Okay. Mine is a little different. It would be intentional margin, which is time in their schedule. Like if I could just give someone like an hour or an hour and a half or two hours in their day of margin to learn the skills, to learn different things, to implement different things. But like, to me, that's maybe not like related to the all or nothing mindset, but a very common barrier is a lack of intentional margin. You know, like they're too busy. They're in too many things that don't light them up. They're volunteering, which isn't a good, it's not a bad thing, but it's like, if you really want to improve your health, you have to come first in your schedule. That's, that's, that's my opinion, you know? And it's like, if it's a priority to you, it needs to be a priority on your schedule. So if I could just like hand someone a gift for weight loss, it would be intentional margin because I think, yeah, I think from there, um, I'm going to have you give one more too. I think from there, the next thing that I would encourage them to do with that intentional margin is to develop the skill of reflection, because I think that we learn from self-reflection and I don't know if you're in your schooling, they taught you like reflecting, uh, for during and on action. You've heard that model, right? So mm-hmm. reflecting for action, like, well, what do I want to eat today? How do I want to move today? How do I want to fast or whatever, you know, but it takes the time. It takes time to think. And I think in our, in our modern day world of technology and devices and TVs, and it's like, we have every opportunity to not think. Um, but I think developing this skill of quiet, calm reflection and planning, and then reflecting on action. Well, how did the party go? Did I, did I eat what I intended to eat tonight when I was out to dinner? But if they don't even like make the time, then what are they going to do? You know? So I think that would be my two. And I'm curious if I had to kind of pass the ball back to you, aside from the skill of being kind and honest with yourself, what else would you say is a great tool for weight loss and more importantly, um, sustainable weight loss and better health? So I would say, um, creating an environment that works for you, right? Creating an environment that is in alignment with your intention, right? And I appreciate people live with others and sometimes they don't share the same intentions and people need to get, would need to get creative about that, right? You know, what, what's on the counter versus what's not. Um, I actually, I work, I worked with a woman who one of her solutions was she had her husband put his junk food in a closet upstairs. And so he, he learned over time, he came in and if he had junk food, it did not go on the kitchen counter. It went upstairs. And similarly, the same woman, I loved these creative things she came up with. She was, she just got, she's like, I got these kitchen towels with vegetables on it. And it's like such a great visual reminder. Right. And, and, you know, these little things like that, but then also along with that really, um, getting that this journey of mastering this area, right? It was, I'm sure it was interesting for you too, during quarantining, right? I worked with all these people who were like, you know, rolling along, rolling along, rolling along. And then, you know, things opened up and they were out there in the world at a dinner or a gathering. And they were like, oh my gosh, what just happened, right? They had to master a new environment and never before in their lives, was it ever so clear that different environments have different challenges, So there's your home environment and also just being aware as you move about the world, different environments will present different challenges. And that's part of the journey of mastery. So regarding the environment, that's a really important piece. And just engaging your loved one's support is important too. So I told my husband, I'm like, I'm not going to drink coffee this week. And first thing I do this morning is go over to that coffee pot and I about turn it on. And I'm like, oh no. Um, and so he said, don't worry about making coffee. I will make my own coffee, which helps me a lot. Cause usually we make it at night and preset it. So if you can talk to your partner, who's 
often a little bit of a barrier, uh, at least with my clients when it comes to weight loss, because usually if someone is changing their habits, if they're female, especially the husband's like, well, you're going to make me eat all this diet food. And, um, I can't eat anything that you're eating, or you can't eat anything that I'm eating. And it's just much better if they kind of have a shared, we called it in PT school, a shared mental model about how is this all going to look here? Um, so anyways, I know that you kind of talk about one of the questions that we wanted to address today was the force field of weight loss and the most common barrier to remove today. So I wanted to pivot to that kind of part of the conversation. Um, what is this whole force field of weight loss? Can you help us understand that? Yeah. So the force field of weight loss is the inherited context of weight loss. And a way we could think about this is, you know, it's the conversations and myths around food and body and weight that we were born into. In other words, we were born into this world and there were conversations happening. And that at a certain point we gained the skill of language and we joined those conversations, but we joined them just, you know, from a standpoint of it's true, right? Like it's just true that it is this way when really it's not right. And so this force field, there are a number of different distinctions of what I call the force field. And, and as I mentioned, they're comprised of myths and conversations. Um, but one of the most powerful, uh, conversations in the force field for people to really get is the collapse between morality and what you're doing and not doing the collapse between morality and how you're fueling your body or not. And how this comes out in language is talking about food as good or bad, or saying I was good yesterday. I was bad yesterday. I cheated over the weekend. Oh, I shouldn't have that right. Good, bad, cheated, shouldn't. That's all the language of morality. And you know, when there's a collapse between morality and how we're eating and drinking and moving or not, um, what goes hand in hand with that is the experience of shame and shame is just not super useful, no. right? It's just not super useful regret. That's a different conversation and one for another day, but shame is not super useful, right? So for people to really get that there is no good or bad in food or beverages or how you're moving or not, they're simply outcomes, right? Foods and beverages produce certain outcomes when consumed with a certain amount of consistency and in a certain quantity. You either like those outcomes or you don't, but it's not good or bad. It's simply, you know, food and beverages produce certain outcomes. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some alternatives and give people languages. So yeah. I have to go to healthy and unhealthy, which I feel like is still a little bit more on like the good and bad I than agree. I want. Yes. Um, like for our kids, we're using like sometimes foods. So like the donut after church, that's a sometimes food. Um, we don't, we don't need to have that all the time. We can have that, but it is, it's really hard to find the language that feels yeah. natural. Um, I'm trying to think I heard of another one, nourishing foods, um, what are some other, you know, things that we yeah. can say? So what I use, yeah, what I use are high quality versus low quality and simply put a high quality food helps your body work better. It supports the way you think it supports your digestion, supports your immune system, right? All your heart health, your levels of peace, right? Versus anxiousness and a low quality food if consumed in excess, right? Cause that's the key. We all know intuitively that our body has some ability to sway, right? And that's a mastering your middle ground, right? But a low quality food, if consumed in excess will show up in a variety of ways. For some people, it'll show up as digestive distress, others as diabetes, others heart does increase risk of heart disease, right? But fundamentally speaking, a high quality food helps your body work better and a low quality food, if consumed in excess, causes stress on the body. And of course, there's some uniqueness to that, right? There are some foods that if we were to just you know, analyze them, we would say, oh, they're high quality food, but for so-and-so, you know, over here, 
not a high quality food because when she consumes them, she has digestive distress or she feels anxious or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. So, so that's, those are the terms that I, I typically go with, although I do really like that the nourishing part is that's juicy. That's a good and option. I, I like that one too. Um, yeah. I think the next kind of phase in my own health journey is really moving towards as minimally processed diet as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak to, I'm sure you've been in this for a long time. Can you speak to the philosophy behind weight loss programs that advocate you eat processed foods. Like I'm going to just like throw some names out there. We have Nutrisystem, we have Octavia, the, I looked into the UNMC or Nebraska medicine obesity program gives them like processed, you know, diet food to eat. Um, can you speak into like, why is there a role for processed food as like a bridge to healthier choices? Is it person specific? Like, what is there a role here? Because to me, it seems very convenience and profit driven versus mm. like people might be better off spending their time and energy and money with slower changes. I think this kind of goes into the all or nothing mindset conversation of people who are like desperate and they think that they have to take desperate measures to like undo decades of metabolic harm on their body. Cause they need results right now. Cause they've yeah. like neglected their health for so long. Um, so this has just been something I've been ruminating over. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, so yes, I would say a few different things. One is I think you are uh, spot on and pointing to, okay. Yeah. The profits they, that does play a role, but I would say there are probably a few other things that play. One is, um, you know, if you look at where those recommendations, you know, there's something like Nutrisystem where like, I mean, hands down, I'm just going to say profits, right. Um, but something that is more, uh, you know, being prescribed by an MD or something like that, right. In that context, they don't really have a whole lot of, when I say they don't have a lot of training in this field, I mean, they don't have a lot of training in this field, right. And they also don't have a lot of time, right. So it's very complex, but they come into their, their own, you know, um, profession, obviously with an intention to be a contribution, nobody goes through that kind of schooling and intense rigor and, you know, financial commitment in years and years and years of that without a real heartfelt commitment to be a contribution. And they arrive at the other side with a toolkit that doesn't include these things, right? And so they're trying to find easy, quick tools that quite frankly, don't really work, right? And um, and, and so, you know, I I think that is part of the challenge. Um, I do think, you know, you kind of mentioned, is there ever a place for this? I do think there might be a place for this, right? If it's used as a stepping stone, as you pointed to, right? If someone is totally overwhelmed at the prospect of, you know, cooking some vegetables, perhaps, you know, well, certainly I I would say if their next best accessible step is, is, you know, getting a pre-made meal that has a few veggies in it, versus, you know, the super size me meal at McDonald's. Okay, great. I'm going to vote for that. Absolutely. And, and my hope would be that it would be in the context of a journey, right? It would be their next best step. And then over time, they'd find a new next best step like that, right? So that that's where I see that. And then also, you know, one of the other things about these processed meals is that, you know, we mentioned this before we hopped on today is if it's not a sustainable solution, it's not a solution, right? So how many people want to live off of a Nutrisystem for the rest of their life? Like, oh, awful. I know. And, but I do think that, and this is just a personal area of growth. Like you said, it's a journey. I totally get that. I value that. But like when I was transitioning into a higher protein, higher, healthy fat, low, higher fiber, lower carb approach, um, I leaned heavily on supplemental protein, protein bars, Mm -hmm. protein shake. Mm -hmm. I would pick like, you know, quote unquote, the clean ones that didn't have a lot of unhealthy artificial sweeteners. However, it's still, you know, the, the fiber that they add back to those protein bars has been disassimilated. It's like, you can't put back together the insoluble fiber and get the gut health benefits. Um, 
And I think a really interesting thing too, that I've been looking into is just the quality of the meat. So Mm. for me personally, you know, we really enjoy salmon. Mm -hmm. So we were getting the salmon without the antibiotics. Our next stepping stone is to get wild caught salmon hundred percent. And I'm like, how am I just now getting this? Like, isn't it interesting how many people have told me, I bet Dr. Gabrielle Lyons told me, Cynthia Thurlow's told me all these books I've read told me get wild caught salmon. And I was watching this random documentary. Don't remember what it's called. Didn't agree with everything that it said, but it was talking about like the practices of farmed fishing and all this stuff. I'm like, that's disgusting, you know? And I'm like, dang, that's an area to optimize. And it was a one-time decision and you can see in the flesh of the meat, it's so much brighter that it's less fatty. It tastes different, you know, and it's like, oh, this is a good change. I feel really good about this change. And it was the same price as the salmon that we were buying before, which I was impressed with. Thank you, Costco. Um, so can you kind of speak a little bit to the quality of the food, not just the macronutrient breakdown or micronutrients that were added back in? And why is this important when we're talking about sustainable weight loss? Well, I mean, in the way of quality of the food. So tell me, do you mean like less process like that? Is that what you're pointing to? less processed, but also like the farm raised with antibiotics versus the wild salmon or like, there's so many different ways that that could go, but how do you kind of explain it to your clients on why is real unprocessed food important? Well, so I would say I really do start with people where they are, right? Yep. In other words, that's just like you shared in your journey and I very much can relate. It's like, I mean, my goodness, like the choices I make regularly now, they're very different than the choices I was making 15 or 20 years ago. And it's been a journey, right? So for a lot of people, you know, um, starting with something like, okay, let's talk about wild caught fish, right? It's not to say that I won't mention wild caught one available. It's just that, um, starting at a higher level is typically going to be most useful for people. Right. So, I, I mean, I absolutely do advocate a whole foods approach, um, for sure. And, you know, um, am very, uh, veggie, non-starchy, veggie, heavy, healthy fats, fabulous proteins, right? Like that. Um, but I am definitely going to start with people where they are. And I, I always think it's funny once in a while, I'll encounter someone who, uh, you know, will ask me a question about like nutritional minutia that they are so far from being able to talk. I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's just look at the bar you ate yesterday because it had 30 grams of sugar in it. That's like, (laughs) let's just start there. Right. So, um, you know, it, it, which is totally fine. It's all part of the all or nothing approach, right? They feel like, okay, well then if I'm going to do this, I have to get everything right tomorrow. Right. No, no, no. Let's start with low hanging fruit one foot in front of the other. So, um, you know, introducing the quality of, of the protein sources in particular, right. And, you know, going organic when we can with our vegetables. Yeah. I mean, I I will talk to that, talk to people about that when it's appropriate, but, and I'm sure like you, you know, like so many of the people who I work with are so busy and they're on the run and they're back to the pre pandemic, you know, pace of life. And, you know, to have someone, you know, standing at a counter at an airport, starving, like beside themselves, because they don't know what to order doesn't work, right? We need to give them real life solutions and give up this like fear of food conversation, but also really guide them to make choices that do result in elevated health and vitality. Yep. I like the good, better, best model so much. Mm -hmm. Like I used to have lean pockets and cliff bars all the time in PT school, you know, and it's like, man, I was eating so much processed food and so much sugar. And then I transitioned just a little bit better and just a little bit better and just a little bit better. And I'm continuing that process for the rest of my life. Someone asked me as if member asked me like, when do we stop with the rocks? And I'm like, never, <laughs> you That's never right. stop improving. Until yes. you're dead, you know, and it's like, yes. there's always things that we can improve upon no matter how old you are, no matter where you're at in life, there's literally mm-hmm. always something And I don't know about you. I find it really personally fulfilling to continually show up for myself in that way. Like 
there's a lady I follow on Instagram and she's been on the podcast, Sandra McCulloch, I think is her name. And, um, she is, um, she posted this reel recently that was like, yeah, you can count calories, but what if you counted the days that you showed up for yourself instead? Mm, that's beautiful. I really beautiful. like that one. Yeah. Beautiful. So let me ask you this too, because the holidays are coming up and because this is historically a time, historically a time when people get quote unquote off track, uh, which by the way, I believe that getting off track should be part of staying on track. Like we just kind of need to get out of that language of like, again, that all or nothing mindset. But do you have any like special tips that you wanted to share because the holidays are approaching that people can kind of stop starting on Monday, like every single day, there's going to be parties, there's football season. How can we avoid starting again on Monday every single week? Yeah. Well, one is giving up the myth that, you know, that, you know, starting on Monday is like the way to do it. Right. And, and that is part of the all or nothing mentality, you know, like all hell breaks loose on the weekend. And then I starve myself for the first few days of the week. Like that's all or nothing right. In a little smaller sphere there. Right. Um, so one is giving that up. The second thing I would encourage people to get inside of giving that up is that you can draw an on-demand line in the sand at any moment, meaning you could overindulge at, at the nachos. And in the past, maybe you would have said, well, screw it. Give me another drink. Mm -hmm. And actually in that moment, you could access a pause and grab some water, right? Like that. Or, you know, you could take that and flip it around, right? So that's one thing that an on-demand line in the sand, you can access at any moment. However, I'm going to back it up a moment and really encourage people to go into the holiday seasons connected to their intentions for their health and their life right? The uh, exercise I invited, you know, your listeners to engage in, right? Actually sit down and give yourself five minutes to write down the five-year future of you as you intend your health and your life to be. And then don't just put it in a drawer, actually revisit it every single day, right? Create a ritual where you are leaning into your what and why of your health, And just notice if you're really connecting to it and not doing that as, you know, like, um, you know, in a kind of like, as if you were listening at a, looking at a grocery list, notice what choices then become available. So, uh, you know, I would actually, so let's reverse the order, get clear on your why, get connected to your why, stay connected to your why. Two, know that you can draw an on-demand line in the sand. And then three, step into playing a better game, right? With a sense of curiosity, like actually ask yourself, what's the best game I could play right now? Me, what's the best game I could play right now? Is there a better game available? Just being in that journey totally transforms things. Yep. And I think again, setting the intention for the meal or for the party or doing just a little bit of self-reflection before you go and kind of creating a loose plan man, that can be helpful. And I think that this is especially a great opportunity. If you are on one of those more restrictive diet plans that like the prepackaged food where it's like, Oh no, that's not on my diet. Maybe this is a good opportunity to reassess your plan. And if you're hearing this conversation and it's really resonating with you, I hope that you're considering this a sign that like, okay, maybe there's a place for this food, but maybe I don't have to have the all or nothing mindset. And maybe I can learn how to eat healthy at a party without being obsessed over the food all the time and not present in the conversation. So Mm -hmm. that's something that I hear a lot um, is people are so tired of being so obsessed with food and thinking about food all the time and thinking about what they're going to eat and think about what they're going to make and think about what's going to be available at the party. And they're so consumed by it. And they're so consumed by the constant feeling of having to tell themselves no, especially Mm. around this time of year. And what I have heard in the past is like, Morgan, I was just tired. You know, I was just tired of, I was tired of denying myself. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. they kind of go the other way. And so do you have any tips for moderation or anything like that around the holidays where people can kind of step into maybe some more, um, like sometimes foods, like we tell Dawson, 
without spiraling mentally thinking, oh my gosh, I've ruined everything. I'm so off track. The scale is going to show two pounds higher tomorrow. I'm going to be so puffy. Um, how can we avoid that like shame spiral that is so, so often seen in this weight loss journey? So the two things I'm going to suggest is I'm going to say it again. I feel like I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm saying it again because it's so foundational and that is getting clear on your intention for your health and your life and staying connected to it. I actually call it creating your vision of vitality. And it's an exercise I walk people through when I work with them, but foundationally speaking, getting clear and staying connected every day so that you have that to touch into no matter where you are. The other thing that I would offer is, um, you know, in the, in the context of, uh, finding your sweet spot sway, it's going to be, I think about, um, you know, people talk about it's 30 days to master a habit. Well, guess what? This area of life called empowered and sustained weight loss mastery has like a million things to master. So, uh, just know that. Right. And I think about one lap being a year, right? Cause every year you're encountering, okay, what is it for me to live aligned with my intention for my health and my life on my birthday, on the holidays, on a regular Wednesday, right? And so knowing that you're just stepping into a new journey and that every year as you practice, you will continue to make different choices. The choices I make around a holiday right now, again, are so different, but they they come from self-love, right? And knowing that overindulgence, there's no, that's the, the two sides of one coin, overindulgence, deprivation, same coin, right? There's not self-love present in either of those. And guess what? It's okay. You're going to make a mistake. Sometimes you're going to accidentally come at it from deprivation because it's like an old habit. And then also you're going to make a make mistake sometimes and you're going to overindulge. And again, it's just a mistake. It's okay. Right. What's a better choice tomorrow or what's a better choice in the same situation, right? Did you maybe arrive to the party really, really hungry? And so when you're really, really hungry, it's hard to make a sane choice. You know, I I definitely, I'm sure you do too. work with people on like, okay, let's get you set up to win in that environment. And part of that is not arriving hungry. Right. Yeah. Fueling, staying well, hydrated, hydrated, maybe moving your body that day. Like there's so many different proactive strategies that you can employ to not overeat, but I'm a hundred percent with you. And I'm so glad that you're saying this because you know how sometimes someone that you're close to can say something and you might not hear it, but then if someone else says it, you might hear it. I tell people all the time, read your person. We call it the personal faith formula, read your personal Mm -hmm. faith formula every single morning, Mm -hmm. every single morning. And Absolutely. it's so important because it keeps you connected to your why and it keeps your vision front and center for the day. And it almost like, cause those other thought patterns will come up, you know, but then if you have proactively kind of done your vision or your personal faith formula for the day, mm-hmm. it's almost like you have those thoughts more readily available to fight the limiting ones. Um, so I really like that, but I think it's also just important to, to recognize what a journey this is. Like, can I just share some personal examples, which I've never shared before on the podcast, but I think it's, I would love it. Okay. So, um, I, one of my best friends, Megan and I at our high school graduation had three kinds of puppy chow people. We had regular, we had peanut butter, butterscotch, and we had peanut butter, honey. I was the queen of sugar. We went to 14. Fort Megan and I went to 14 graduation parties and she listens to this podcast. So hi, Megan, um, <laughs> 14 parties, I think. And we had dessert at every single party. My friend, my friend used to put a nature Valley or I don't know, those yogurt filled granola bars at the end of the triple jump runway, because I was so motivated by sugar, like jump farther, Morgan, then you can have the bar. It's ridiculous. Um, and my husband, he's like, you're such a hypocrite, Morgan. You've probably had more sugar in your lifetime than any of your members. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't anymore. And I feel so much better. And I know, I know the health outcomes that I'm preventing, the diabetes, the dementia, the heart disease. 
I know that I feel so physically fit and active to play with my kids. Like I want that feeling for other people. I don't care how much sugar I've had in my past. Like I got it locked in now most of the time, right? Most of the time. And I still give myself grace on the times that I don't. And it's like, but how much, if you, you know what? I think a really nice thing to end this conversation on is like the whole gap in the game. Like mm. I have never read that book, but I love that concept where, you know, there's the gap where you are like, let's, if you're watching on YouTube, let's pretend that I'm standing in the middle of a line and like, there's a point in the middle of a line. And if you're looking at the gap, you're looking at where you're at now with where you think you should be or where you want to be. That's focusing on the gap. And that is always going to be disheartening. Like it's like a mirage. The, the it's always going to move. Like where you want to be is always going to move. But then if you look back and you look at how far you've come, like me, uh, having three kinds of puppy chow and like not being able to control myself at all around sugar. I literally had, this is so embarrassing, but I don't care. I had a, a name for her, Beth Ann. Sorry, anyone who's named Beth Ann. So in college, when I would have a bunch of sugar, my friends would call me Beth Ann because it was like crazy sugar Morgan coming out to play. It was ridiculous. Anyway, that is so great. Thank you for sharing that. That is so endearing. It's, it's fabulous. It's pretty embarrassing. I'm getting red, um, but that's okay. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one anyways. So looking back is looking at the game, right? So looking out at the days of Beth, like back at the days of Beth Ann and Mm -hmm. seeing that like, she's not here anymore. You know, like I feel so much more control around sugar and around food and around my choices and my consistency that feels so much better than looking at like, Oh, but look at how much farther I want to go. Like that's not encouraging. So I think for anyone listening, another great journal prompt can, can sometimes be how far have I come? I want to show you one more thing before we go. So I actually got a whole journal. I love my little journals Ah, just for my games, because I think for the fellow achievers, the fellow people who feel like we can't ever pause to celebrate our accomplishments or just like to say, what did I do today? You can get a journal. Like I, and I write in here and I just say like, what did I get done today? So that I'm constantly looking back and seeing my progress and not feeling the pressure to like move towards the mirage. And I think that has helped me develop a sense of patience and calm about self-improvement that I didn't have before when I was always focused on the gap. And like, we want to bring a little bit more attention to the game and that will help alleviate that all or nothing mindset of like, oh, I got to close that gap as fast as I can. So any last like final thoughts that you want to share with the, with the listeners today? Yeah. So, uh, well, and actually this is, this is a question for you, Morgan, right? Okay. You like, you know, two things like congratulations on the tremendous oh. progress you've made with sugar. No, really, 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 really. Um, to me, it's like you gave yourself the gift of freedom. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful. It, it feels really good. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and then, you know, what I heard from you was a little bit of, um, what I heard from you was, uh, was you being present to a gap between where you are and where you intend to be with sugar in certain situations, maybe, but you know, you don't need to answer it right now, but maybe the question to answer would be like, how does Morgan know she's one, you know? if, if we don't, or if we're not clear on that, then it's like the experience of always losing. It's like, it's just yeah. never enough, never enough. And sure. Like you are totally a learner. I'm a learner. We're evolvers. I love that. You're my people. Right. Um, but, uh, but there is a sense of like, okay, based on where I am right now, how do I know I've won this? And so really getting clear on, okay, in certain situations, if you feel like there's, you know, an opportunity to elevate, just great. What is that opportunity? Maybe it's frequency, maybe it's quantity, maybe it's really the, you know, whatever it is for you. You know, I I think that's a useful thing to ponder. Um, A good way to put it, like, what does a win look like in this situation? Or like, what's my intention? I love that word. Like, what is my intention? And yeah, I'll, I'll consider that. Thank you. Yeah. Especially the holidays coming up. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, uh, it is a journey. Um, and, and so, you know, as far as, you know, one thing I'd leave your listeners with is really an invitation to look for yourself, you know, with real kindness and compassion and self-love at what is one new action that you would like to step into, right? And this is a promise from you to you. you. Your health is a sacred journey. And this could be something around you're going to be a yes to, right? Something you're going to start doing, add more leafy greens to your lunch, whatever is true for you. Or it could be something that you'd like to reduce doing, right? I'm going to, um, you know, reduce my alcoholic beverages to a total amount of three in one sitting. For example, if that's where someone is, that might be the right place to start. Start Or, you know, alternatively, it could be simply put like getting the facts, right? Sometimes people just don't really know what they're doing, yeah. right? They're not seeing how frequently they're reaching for a glass of wine. They're not seeing how often they're having the dessert. So, you know, simply starting with, okay, kind and honest, that's, that's a great place to start too. Yeah. So that is great advice. I love that. Just pick one actionable thing. And Jesse, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about you? Yes, absolutely. So you can learn more about me at wellempower.com where you are welcome to schedule a 30 minute complimentary zoom consultation. Uh, and, uh, you can also learn more about me on Instagram. Well empowered is where you'll find me. And, uh, and those, those are the two places you'll find me most. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your time and your expertise. And this is a really fun conversation listeners. I hope that you enjoyed hearing about Beth Ann and uh, the fact, you know, sometimes you put people on a pedestal, like when you listen to their podcast and whatnot, or the guests when they come on. And it's like, I think that if we can kind of start breaking down those walls um, and just being honest, like you said, being kind and honest, I think is always a good thing. And um, you're really fun to talk to. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Morgan. It's been such a treat connecting with you. We are totally uh, of the same tribe and, uh, you know, kudos to you for the great work you're doing. So thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks. I'll talk soon. Bye. Awesome. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Reshape Your Health podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and don't forget to tell a friend. To learn more and connect online, check out the links in the show notes.